As we record this, it's somewhere out there, somewhere down there. We don't know where it is. But the question is, what are we obligated to do about it? I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. Gentlemen, there is a submersible, kind of like a little submarine, uh, that has gone down for basically a tourist visit to the wreck of the Titanic at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. And after about an hour and 45 minutes, they lost contact with the submersible from the ship that's on the surface. And as we record this, they have not yet located um, the five people who are in that submersible down there somewhere. Uh, gentlemen, I watched a little bit of the Coast Guard's most recent news conference, and it was just a series of media questions followed by the Coast Guard official saying, we just don't know, we don't know. I'm sorry, we don't know. And he tried to impress it upon people that this isn't something that's just off the coast of Massachusetts, for example, that this is, what is it, 900 miles out there and more than 13,000 feet deep in, in the ocean. And 372 miles off of Greenland or something. 372, like that. oh, from Greenland, okay. So it is, it is way out there and it is way down there and, uh, and what it made me think of, Stephen Green, is a broader question, not the specifics of this incident or how the submersible had the problem or, you know, all that kind of stuff. But when I saw the Coast Guard moving heaven and earth trying to find this thing, it made me wonder, what is the U.S. Coast Guard, and by extension, what are we obligated to do to rescue people who are lost at sea far off the coast of the United States because of either a motive of fun or profit. What are we obligated to do in terms of expending money, in terms of ex accepting risks on behalf of this adventure to try to save these five people? Steve, what are your thoughts on that? Uh I have a couple of thoughts on this. What we're obligated to do is is nothing. What should we do? A lot. Um, it, it, it doesn't make sense probably in a, 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 any kind of fiscal math when the little kid gets trapped in the well to move heaven and earth to, to, to save one little kid and, and put various emergency workers at, 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 at new risk to, to, to pull the kid out of the well or whatever the situation would be. But, we but do Steve, it. let me stop you there for a second because this is a different situation. This isn't a little kid that fell in a well. This is some, some wealthy people who are going on an adventure by their own volition who put themselves in sure. the harm's way out there. Yes. And, uh, and, now, and now we're going and trying to, to rescue them. I, I live in Colorado. We have a lot of hikers. We also have a lot of stupid people. And every year, somebody gets lost on a mountain. They did that of their own will. They were, they were grown-up people. And guess what? We send people out every time to try and find, to try and find those, lost, those lost hikers. It, it doesn't always work. We try every single time. And there is a... There is a need, I suppose, in in us, at least in in somewhat decent people, and I think it encourages the risk taking that that people need to to to, to advance as as not just as individuals, but as uh, as cultures, as societies, as countries. That there is a knowledge that if you're going to do this thing, that somebody's going to have your back, and. Right now, what I'm finding out is, yeah, they're 13,000 feet deep. Um, the Navy says, quite frankly, um, 
we don't have anything equipped to go that deep to, to rescue them. Apparently, uh, I don't know all the details on this. I just read a quick news item about it on PJ Media this morning, Tuesday morning. Uh, there's a vessel in Britain, I think it's an Anglo-French vessel, that has a tow hook. It can go down that deep. And because you, you can't transfer anybody out of that submersible at, at, at that depth, um, no. th- this is a vehicle that can, a submersible that can go that deep, that has a tow hook, that could conceivably uh, make a rescue attempt if there's anybody alive to, to rescue. Um, and uh, we've said no to this. The, the the Brits are saying, you know, we've we've got this thing. Just give us the call. They've got their their crew ready to go, and we're we we've said no, or we have an answered at this point. I, who, I, who, I, who said no? I I don't I, I I would have to look that up, and I'll tell you what, Bill. When you get to your part, I will okay. Scooch sorry, over and, I just and look that up. I find and, that I find and, that almost impossible and, to believe. and get back to you on that. Um, but the idea that we don't try to help adventurers when they get in trouble i think is bad for the species it's it's the people who push those boundaries or the people like them that that pull us all forward and even if yes it's just a tourism thing it's not just a tourism thing there is something special there's something daring about doing what used to be impossible about going down to 13,000 feet to see a, a cruise ship that was supposed to be unsinkable um, there's there's almost a magic there and without magic without adventure what's what's the point Bill Whittle, in a sense, um, I mean, Steve pointed out a good example of the hikers in the mountains. I, I also thought about uh, people who build their homes in danger zones, basically along earthquake faults um, it, on the coast where uh, hurricanes are frequent in floodplains and, and places like that. And uh, it, it seems like... Um, when you do that, as the, as the individual taking that action, getting into that submersible, you have, in essence, obligated the whole country, in this case, several countries, to be your rescuer should things go wrong. And now, you know, at the way it looks now, at this moment as we're recording this, they've got like a day and a half worth of oxygen left in that thing Doesn't at best, if they're in there, if it's even, if it's, if it's even still an active thing. Um, but... Isn't there something that is just morally wrong about obligating other people because you want to do something that is edgy, risky, dangerous, and you haven't, in, you haven't put in place the safety mechanisms or the rescue mechanisms yourself to take care of that exigency? Well, first of all, I'd like to answer the question, Steve, what do you do to save how, – how, what do you, how far do you go? What do you do to save people who are in distress like that? And I have a real simple answer for that, and that's everything. You do everything. You do everything you have in the box. The argument that these people are somehow um, culpable or whatever because they're wealthy or because they're doing something dangerous, look, if I take a, if I take a, 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 a sea-doo, if I take a jet ski out into Biscayne Bay and I'm in trouble, then the Coast Guard is going to come and try and save me. And if they send a helicopter out to save me, they will. If I get lost at sea, just pushing off the shore from, from, from Key Biscayne or something like that, then the Coast Guard will come looking for me and they'll send everything that the Coast Guard has to find me because that's what civilized societies do. 
the entire idea of, of this is that for some brief moment in time, we're no longer talking about statistics. We're talking about actual people now who are in mortal peril. And I want to live in a society, and I'm extremely proud to live in a society that will not worry about the the dollar amount. And, and on a large, and, and this is, I suppose it's difficult for some people. I think for most people, it just doesn't even bear thinking about. And, and if you have to risk 20 lives or 50 lives or 100 lives to save that person, then you risk them. Those are not, I'm not saying you kill them, I'm saying you risk them, right? This is what, this is what humanity is supposed to be about, and it is certainly what, is, what America is all about. One of the things that's most appalling about the Ukraine war is, is just how, how many uh, dead and even wounded the Russians are leaving on the battlefield. And, and certainly the U.S. and especially the Marines have a policy that we do not leave our men behind. You know, if they're dead, that might be changing the, the equation a little bit, but nobody gets left behind. And that's why the Marines are such an effective fighting force. It's because they know that somebody is going to come for them if they get into trouble. Yeah, but that's and, people who have taken an oath, Bill. That's people who are brothers but, but people, in arms. But, but the that's people, people who, who are decided doing the to, to engage in a common mission. I didn't I didn't but, sign anything that said, hey, hot dog out in the middle of the ocean trying to dive on the Titanic. If you get in trouble, um, you know, I, I'd be glad to pitch into the kitty to rescue you. In fact, I'd be glad to risk my son's life if he was in the Coast Guard in order to get you out the of there. On the contrary, you may not have signed that that document, but anybody who joined the Coast Guard signed that document. The second they enlisted in the Coast Guard, they signed that document. The second they enlisted in the Coast Guard, they basically made an agreement with society that says, I will risk and perhaps give my life in order to save people in distress, and I'm not going to sit in the in the ready room with the helicopter crew trying to decide whether these people are worthy of rescuing or not. This is the entire point of, of a civilized society, and this is the entire point of of getting away from this entire safe space thing. There are people, mostly young men, almost exclusively young men, but not completely, so I wanna be clear on that, who fully understand the risks and who have dedicated their lives to saving people's lives as, at sea, in the mountains, or whatever. It's not a question of what the people on the submarine did. It's a question of what the people who enlisted in the Coast Guard did. That's the issue. Those people did make that exact bargain that you just talked about. They were, they, they, fully, consciously, willingly made an agreement to risk their lives to save other people. And, and this is the difference between us and collectivist societies. When I did the Cold War series, I was talking about nuclear submarines, and, and this obviously has a lot to do with this. The, the, so, the first Soviet nuclear submarine, the Nautilus, served for, for 20 years without a single accident. We haven't had a single accident in our nuclear navy where guys are traveling around the world in nuclear-powered pressurized tubes. But the very first Soviet nuclear sub killed something like 48 of its crew members over the course of its just over the course of its life. They didn't care. They wanted the prestige and didn't care how many people died to get it. We we don't think that way. We are a nation of individualists. There are five individuals who need our help, and we will give them the help and we'll give them all the help we have in the box until we either rescue them or we recover them. And and I personally find this to be maybe the single greatest psychological benefit and certainly the thing i'm proudest of as as an american is the idea that we will go to every length possible to save our people and and, and this is this is what this is the this is the most noble thing that you can do. Thank you. That's now, as the word as I, I couldn't come up with when i was when when it was my turn and when you were speaking bill nobility 
is the word that popped into my mind, and that's something we need more of, not less of. The thing that's most important about this, and the reason it's noble, is because it's non-coercive, right? If we were ordering people at gunpoint to go down into other submarines looking for this people, this would be an entirely different situation, but it's not. Right? These, are, these are volunteers. We have an all-volunteer military, but an all-volunteer Coast Guard. The people who are trying to save these people are all volunteers. And, and Steve, I was going to say, I was shocked to hear that we never turned, that we turned down help because I was about to say that when the Soviets lost, lost the Kursk, there were at least, I want to say, at least 30 men still alive, might have been something somewhere around that number, and and possibly could have been saved. They were nowhere near as deep as the Titanic. But but the United States Navy and the Royal Navy and the Norwegians offered help to the, to the Russians, and the Russians declined out of pride. And I could not imagine the United States ever saying no to that. I, uh, if somebody were to say, we've lost, we've lost American sa- sailors in a submarine, and the British or the, or the Russians, for that matter, are in position to rescue the crew, we would say, absolutely, we can yes. use all the help we can get. Uh, I've got, uh, I, I found that story that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so a team from Deepwater Specialists, uh, Magellan Limited, has been waiting to leave an airport in the Channel Islands since 7 p.m. on Monday, but approval for takeoff is yet to be received. The Guernsey-based firm produced the first full-size digital scan of the Titanic last summer. You may have seen, seen I those. Did. It's they, were, amazing. they were amazing. Um and they they said the company has essential equipment and expertise to help locate Ocean Gate's Titan submersible that went missing, um, uh, but uh, the the uh, the U.S. government that's all the story says the U.S. government has said no, and that's as much detail as I can give you. Well, well, and and frankly, Bill, we don't have us. enough detail on what's going on there. I, I was think. just going to say yeah. I was just going to say unless unless. We have some very, very sophisticated, highly classified assets at work. Uh, that, that could if be it the turn, case. If yes. it turns out that that is not the case and we declined help, then then that is another signal of how far this country has fallen. And that is a that is a cancer that is that has got to be. And, and I think that's getting way out ahead of the facts. <laughs> so like if that were the case, yes, but I don't think like that's such a shaky little bit of information that I don't think we should draw conclusions based on on that we don't know okay well well if somebody said the u.s government said no thank you we don't need your help based on that sentence i find that to be extraordinarily disgraceful well one of the things that uh, both bill and steve talked about was the fact that um it's a characteristic of those of us in the united states to want to rescue our people um one of the things i think is interesting about this case is I don't even know who these people are. In fact, I think I've heard hints that they're not necessarily our people in the sense that they're not all from the United States, several from other countries. And, and what it means really is that as Americans, we see people as our people. Um, and I think th- that's an amazing thing. Um, honestly, if there were five people from our biggest international foe right now, let's just take China since they are in the headlines every day, a hundred times a day. Uh, if, if it were five people from the People's Republic Army of China that had gone down in this thing, we would still be bending all of our efforts to try to save their Absolutely. lives. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's just a phenomenal thing. Um, 
should there be uh, more common sense in the world and people not setting themselves into situations where they're inadequately prepared to do risky things? Yes, there should be. Uh, most of the great uh, risky things that we think of in history involved a great deal of planning in advance to minimize the risk. It's different than the hot dog hiker who goes out with a six pack of beer on a, you know, on a dangerous elevation um, or somebody who just wants to have a nice beach view so they build their house right in, in hurricane zone. Um, the the, the risk-taking we admire is much more of the breed of people who fly airplanes or rockets or fast cars or whatever who put a great deal of effort into trying to ensure that they live <laughs> through the process. On the other hand, there is something in our common humanity when we see somebody who has stumbled into something stupid like this that says, hey, I'm a stumbler too. I make mistakes too. I've done some wacky things in my life that could have put me or others in jeopardy. And man, if that happens to me, I sure hope somebody comes and gets me. And I think that that is uh, at the same time, both kind of a comment on our human fallibility, as well as our arms outstretched humanity uh, that says, hey, fellow idiot, um, we're there to rescue you as you, we hope, would be there to rescue us. Um, at the moment we record this, we don't know how this case resolves. And that's why I wanted to talk about it now uh, because we really don't know all the details of the situation. But I marveled at how this story has captured the world and that there are five people out of seven billion plus who are in a little metal tube somewhere in the North Atlantic and we care and we want them to come back alive and we hope that they survive and we're spending millions of dollars trying to ensure that that happens. And that, my friends, should give us as much hope as anything I've heard lately in the future of humanity that we didn't just say, hey, sorry, pal, you're bad. Better luck next time, which there won't be. I'm greatly encouraged by the state of humanity, not only in the United States, but around the world by the people who are now desperately trying to rescue five people they don't know uh, from this kind of a fate. And I pray that they will be successful at it. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.